be real curious what it's like living a life of an underground superstar. Alrighty guys, another well, episode 40 of MTG Radio. This is Trevor. And this is Tom. And Kevin. And Sally. And we are all here and recording, and this is the, what, third or fourth time we've recorded episode 40? Easily the third. Right. Um, we tried it the first time, then stuff went down, and the second time, Trevor decided to sound like a chipmunk. And so it's the third time we're all in the same room. Realistic high five. Realistic high five. Terrible. And realistic high five. Oh, yeah. Yes, guys. We are actually in the same room. It is very uncomfortable. Yeah. And this couch is not big enough for the both of us. They're all of us. Or the, the four the of four us. Of us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just go straight into the first thing we have. Uh, the playset of podcasters. Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> we have a playset of podcasters. Sadly, not a playtest of Jason Myerscope, because I'm sure they have... That's more money in there. Wait, I'm pretty sure I'm Jason Mind Sculptor. Like, in this group, I'm Jason Mind Sculptor. Anyways, we're going to just go no, straight into the welcome yeah. back, because that's a topic we don't want to get onto. Um, so, uh, basically, we want to tell you why we've been gone so long, and then just basically roll from there. So, I guess I'll start. Uh, I'll, I'll take pretty much 70 to 80% of the flack for us not being around. Um, basically, uh, we were waiting for a co-host, and then we... Applied for Star City, ended up not falling through. Some weird guy who talks to himself got in over us. Every time we record, you bring this up. Every, <laughs> every time. Every time, because I still don't like it every single time that it happened. so vengeful. Vengeful and bitter. But we still, because we applied for Star City and no one ever heard the application, we do have a new, a bit of a new format for the show. We're going to have different segments, and you'll see it in this episode. Hopefully, as long as the, I don't know, the episode 40 curse doesn't hit strike us again. I know, it's pretty bad. After the, all that happened, college hit hard. I was taking... Uh, Bio 2 and Calc didn't do too well in Calc. I just got slammed with work. Um, I know Trev, basically the same thing. Uh, Kevin? I, I mean, as you guys knew, I made an exit as of episode, I think, 30. Pretty much, but and he actually got recruited by Disney. Yeah, I was working at Disney for about seven months, and uh, from there I went back to college and then was working at Target and Disney. So, uh, I'm busy, but uh, now I'm here, and I'm excited to podcast. Sounds good, and Sally has never left us because he's always been in our hearts. Yeah, I'm I'm always here theoretically. I'm always in the room over, but I never talk. So <laughs> he's too busy playing in the other room playing Elder Highlander Dragon. Yeah, I play this awesome game called StarCraft Two. <laughs> anyway, no, we're not letting you talk about Wait, that. No, 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 no macroing, no macroing. There'll be no macroing in oh, this I'm, podcast. I'm terrible. And, no anyways, worries. anyways, um, I guess it's a good welcome back. Why we were gone, but we're back. Uh, I would do another high fives, but we already did this. I don't want to make it. Yeah, we're, and we'll be back consistently now. So yes. weekly podcasts will be back in session. Exactly. So them. here is the first new thing that we would like to try out, and it's the news desk. And guess what, guys? There's catchy intro music. <gasps> catchy dun, intro music. Dun, dun. That's that wasn't the catchy intro music. Damn it. But this <laughs> is. How about that catchy intro music? Oh, that was amazing. Oh my god, I am blown away. I am also blown away. So this is the news desk. You can tell by the awesome international current free 15-second minutes of intro music. Um, so uh, there was something big that happened on Wednesday. Yes, and I'm going to take the talking second on this one. What we're going to talk about is the <laughs> EDH commander rule change. Um, there, were, uh, there was a banning and a rule change in EDH. And I think that's very, very important to hit on. So I'm going to interview Tom. I'm going to let him talk for just a second. Your your uh, least favorite card in EDH before December 20th? Um, I say my least favorite card, probably Terastodon. No, I'm joking. Emrakul. Emrakul was probably the worst card I've ever played against. All right, what about you, Kevin? 
Almost definitely Emrakul. You play that, the game's the game ends. There's no point to it. I agree. But luckily for us, I don't uh, get the talking spin. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, you're, you're playing Starcraft, you? Um, no. Go back to Starcraft. Oh, no, I like my Elder Highlander Dragon. As I was saying, Emrakul has been banned in EDH as of December 20th. I think it's good for the game. Um, I don't understand the flack of it. I don't. I don't see any detriments really. And if you if your playgroup sees it as a bad thing unban Emrakul in your playgroup. Just know if you go somewhere and play EDH quote-unquote competitively or at an event, um, you're going to have to play without it. Exactly. Um, then again, uh, Sheldon, I think, said it best when he talked about the banning on the site. Basically, you know, whenever Emrakul dropped, it was a big fight over the card. Same with Kakusho. That was the reason why Kakusho was banned. Whenever you drop Kakusho, it was like, okay, looks like the game's going to center around Kakusho. Whenever you drop Emrakul, game centers around Emrakul. Pretty simple. I actually just assume it. it's the same thing as Protein Hulk as well. When I originally started the EDH, I actually played Protein Hulk, and every game would devolve into, I play Protein Hulk, I win. I play Emrakul, I win. I play Kakusho, I win. This is not what EDH stands for, so we're all quite pleased with this change. I'm going to take the opposite side, just to be devil's advocate against the three other people sitting and staring at me weirdly now. Um, I'm going to say that Sometimes you get these EDH games that go on way too long and get really, really boring, and you need a finisher. And Emrakul, when you play it and it resolves and the game finishes, it's like, thank you, Jesus. Tom had his hand up first, talkie stick to Tom. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Patrick's referring to a game he played on Wednesday where someone was playing a five-color deck with all true duels, and his only win condition was Emrakul. Told him it was banned. He didn't do anything the whole game. Then we just told him to play Progenitus, and that thing was solved. So let's go to the next part of the rules change. Which is all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce the next part of the rules change, and that's the color identity rule has been. I don't know if it was it introduced or just altered. I think it was just altered. Yeah. Altered. Okay. So the color identity <laughs> rule used to be look at the casting cost of your general. That's the colors of mana your deck can produce. Now it's look at the card. Um. <laughs> so if you have a legend that has a color mana symbol in its casting cost, or that or a color mana symbol in its ability that is not in its casting cost. You are allowed to use it as your general. Here you go, Kevin. And the main cards this affects is, of course, going to be Memnarch, Bosch, and Felon of Havenwood, if anyone wants to play that. And I really kind of want to see a deck like that. And and, and Rice the Exiled, and, and Willow, the Exiled. Daughter of Autumn. Yes, and Willow, Daughter of Autumn, if you make an EDH deck with that card, I will. I would say I would give you a high five, but you're probably far away. Well, here's, here's your high five. There you go. And there is your high five. Anyways, as... Kevin basically alluded to, I don't really think this is going to shake up much. I'm really interested in Memnarch decks. I think it's a nice controlling strategy for Mono Blue cards. But besides that, I'm just going to say play Training Grounds and destroy the whole team. Yeah, see, a lot of people are worried about Memnarch decks. I am not one of those people because I, like, some other people take the opinion that if a Mono Blue player wants to just be mean, they're not going to play Memnarch. They'll play, like, a zombie or one of the other more degenerate, at least in my opinion, Final Blue Generals, did you have something to say? I was actually going to say, um, with the advent of them banning Polarian Academy, Memnarch is fine, because there's no massive giant mana generation to just take everything. And I think it's cool because they open up the, the general field. There's already such a limited number. I mean, there's a lot of legendary creatures, but it's still not as many as normal creatures, obviously. They're legendary. So I think it's cool that they're opening up the format to have more generals. So you have... Uh, uh, many variances in the decks. Thank you, Sally. All right, so that's basically the new desk. Didn't you guys like it? There's a nice shiny desk that popped up. In the I just wanted to, I wanted to mention one more thing before oh, no. we go on. It's about what Patrick said. 
Um, Patrick is Sally, by the way. There's not actually two people, two more people here. But um, so he may I, have multi personality disorder. We haven't diagnosed it quite yet. What, what I wanted to say was, I feel like this might coincide with a quote unquote brown legend with an act with an ability that has a colored mana cost in Besieged or um, the following set. I mean, it would make sense to me if like Karn gets reprinted but has a black activated ability or. <sighs> Bosch get reprinted but has like I don't know green activated ability something something along those lines I feel like it's it's it could be foreshadowing and I just want to throw that out there personally I think it's good for the game I know I've seen many people show up to Thursday Night Magic uh, which was for me EDH with Thelon decks and not understand why they can't play him and so now they can play him it's now green black everything is hunky dory guys hunky dory I'm you also uh, quite excited for the uh, new support cards, these new pre-constructed decks that they're making. No, Kevin. Age. Kevin, that's later. That is later? That's later, Kevin. Oh my gosh, I jumped, I jumped the gun, guys. You also jumped the shark. Okay, so what have we been playing? Guys, um, I have a giant part of my um, abdomen missing right now. I jumped the shark. It bit. Anyways, um, I think we'll just go to... I mean, it's been a long time since we've been on the air. Uh, we've done a lot of different things, and I think Trev definitely wants to talk about a few decks he's made. It's really simple. Let's go to Trev. I'm going to go over these real quick and um, just run through the decks that I have now. The first one is a Sapling of Colfin or Green Black EDH deck. It generally just uses Sapling to get creatures in hand, but it's kind of a Necrotic Ooze deck. It doesn't play any infinite combos, uh, and the, but it's still kind of degenerative. I might be taking it apart sometime soon. Um, I had the game almost locked with like Chainer, Avatar of Woe, Thornling, and... Scrib Ranger? <laughs> Scrib Ranger in the graveyard by, like, turn four or five. And, yeah, there's a lot of ways to deal with it, and that's why it hasn't been taken apart yet. But depending on how the playgroup reacts, it, it wasn't as fun as it could have been because everyone was kind of, like, hemmed and hawed and scooped. The game just ended very anticlimactically. Um, the next game is Momir Vig. It's best described as a Turbo Land deck. Seriously. It, yeah, it abuses Primeval Titan. There, there's actually a really good interaction between Amulet of Vigor... Uh, and Primeval Titan, but also Emulative Vigor and... Nev's Disc. Yeah. Um, Patrick actually blew us all out <laughs> in a game earlier because he had um, Emulative Vigor, which seems pretty inconspicuous. And then he goes, Nev's Disc, and you can threaten to blow it up that turn. So, really good. Uh, the other deck, uh, Karn. We have a Karn deck, which is um, basically a deck without win condition. <laughs> so, it has Steel it Hellkite, has... it has Precursor Golem. It has our extra stuff thrown in. Yeah. And it has... Karn itself... I mean, Karn itself is quite good at animating your artifacts. Well, yeah, 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 that that is true, and it's also good against equipment deck because, um, or equipment in a deck because if you animate an equipment, it cannot be equipped to a creature. And uh, this is on the reminder text of Marcher Machines. Mm -hmm. I looked it up just to make sure because it says specifically equipment that are creatures can't be equipped to creatures. Uh, speaking of equipment, transitions. Transitions are awesome. I um, think. Ismaru is definitely a deck I was really interested in when you made it. Yeah. It started as a Kemba deck, and it was fine as a Kemba deck, but Kemba was kind of slow, so we traded for an Ismaru, and... Yeah, um, the three drop was too slow. Yeah. But now we have a 2-2 two -two for one, and Ismaru is fantastic in this deck. It's on turn one, turn two, you attack and play an equipment, or play Stoneforge Mystic. It's really... It's actually a consistent deck, too. It doesn't just die to a Wrath effect, which... The Azuri deck does. Um, yeah, pretty spectacular deck. So you're playing two-player, and all of a sudden, Wrath, Trevor should just pretty much have scooped. Yeah, no, it it, it can come back from uh, Day of Judgment, because it doesn't have the can't-regenerate clause. It can come back from uh, Sunblast Angel, things like that. But if it says do not regenerate, 
Uh, yeah, generally, I just scoop face. Well, it was just earlier. We played a four-player game. I damnation, I think, turn eight, and Trevor really did nothing else the rest of the game. Oh, no, no, no. I drew a bunch of lands. That's true. That was the game where, game where Trevor and I were on the same team, and collectively we drew about 25 lands. We Oracle Moldai styled it and had, like, our top card revealed because we knew we were losing, and it was lands. Like, we just <laughs> kept drawing. It was awesome. But uh, you built Commander decks, right? I did build Commander decks. Um, Mostly I've been playing online because I haven't been able to go to my Thursday EDH, de- EDH decks, and, you know, it's kind of sucked, so I moved on to online. <laughs> a bunch of online peeps are really nice. Uh, two commander decks I want to talk about. The first one is Yao doing the one-eyed. This dude is awesome. Uh, he came out in Master Edition 3. Kevin Galloway, who's sitting right next to me, gave him to me, actually. I will give him credit. Also, the entire idea behind the deck. But, whatever. Well, I originally had a mono-black singleton deck, which I just played for fun, and I think Tom took that idea and propelled it into an actual competitive commander deck. Exactly, but did you have Strands of Night? Of course not, because I don't know what it is. Alright, Strands of Night is probably my favorite card in the deck. It's for two black blacks, an enchantment. Can, uh, reprinted in 7th edition, 8th edition. Uh, for black black, you can sacrifice a swamp, return a creature card from your graveyard to play. How awesome is that card? That's really wow. good. Wow. You, like, you have the draw drop here. I know. Isn't it amazing? Um, just because Tom forgot, you also have to pay two life. You also have to pay two life, but dude, it's EDH. It's a strictly better chainer. It's it's not a strictly better it's a strictly better chainer. It is a strictly, it is a strictly better, better chainer because it, it costs does, one even less if it to dies, play. The creature still comes back. Costs one less to play. If you pay one less life and one less black. Okay, I'm gonna just because I like arguing strictly better. It doesn't give nightmare. It doesn't give them plus one plus one. It doesn't change their creature type. If you have coat of arms out and you bring back multiple creatures with chainer, chainer's better. Chainer also gives them plus one plus one. It's yes. Even better if you have coat of arms. The out. the benefit is negligible, but it is not in any way, or it is not strictly better. I, I actually disagree with that because Chainer has the clause when Chainer dies, all the nightmares die. Yeah, but if Chainer doesn't die, then you're fine. Yeah, but what happens? Yeah, if but they kill Chainer, Strands of Night, you still get the creatures. But, but what I'm arguing is strictly, and that's all. I'm just, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just arguing because I do. <laughs> and in this case, the Mind Slaver doesn't. Mind Slaver is usually the way to just prove strictly better isn't true. The Mind Slaver corner case doesn't fit, so I had to be a little more creative. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like, but, but Necrophones is strictly better than pretty much any card, but if you have Mind Slaver out, they lose. Yeah. That's, that's the Mind Slaver argument. It's kind of like the straw man. Yeah, argument. like like you say, mine, um, ne- Necrophones is better than Phyrexian Arena. Most people would be like, yeah, of course, it's strictly better. Then they go, I Mind Slaver you, good game. And they're like, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> Sad, Panda. Right. Anyways, so Zhao Dun, great general, if you want to play him. Pretty much strictly commander, if you can find him in the wilds, congratulations. Well, I actually, um, I had someone price it out for me because I had a friend who made a Jaludun deck. I think the card's around $120. Oh, that's it? That's petty cash. Also, uh, Karthus Tyrant of Jund um, is awesome. I don't know if you know this. Card is great, especially with the new card previewed for the new Commander Precon deck. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. it. We're going to slow roll the card that you already know about because we're that awesome. But Karthus Tyrant of Jund is really fun. Usually, um... Uh, he'll, it'll either be Karthus or it'll be another Jun Legend, because he's also fun to sneak out of your deck when someone plays Kiga, and they're like, oh, I'm fine behind Kiga. Then you play Karthus, and you're like, ha ha ha, rawr. Can I also note that all of your EDH decks seem to come, or all of your commander decks seem to come from decks I've already built in the past? Yes. That's because he wants to be you. Anyway, um, <laughs> That's you, not true. You, you and Tom actually just built a deck, didn't you? Yeah, so last night, Tom and I took about two hours, two oh, and a half God. hours, to build a Rexial deck. <laughs> Um, I have a lot of really good blue-black cards, so it was very difficult to do cuts. Largest grind I've had in building an EDH deck in a year. It was quite fun. Um, the deck is really tuned for one-on-one interactions. You're no bad. 
Very yeah. tuned. Very tuned. In a one-on-one -on -one game, it is disgusting to play against. It, it will never However, lose. however, it, it does... It, multiplayer sucks. Actually, not so much. Not so much. What, I, what I'm proposing here is that multiplayer, the deck is more of a casual, I stop people from doing really sick things. And then I get to attack with Rexiel and play some really cool instants and sorcerers from graveyards. AKA, it sucks. AKA, it sucks. I'm going to give Patrick a half hour because we can. Um, so, I agree with Kevin. It was incredibly hard to make. I just it, saw puppy dog face there. It it came down, like, we had to make four different cuts, and, like, after looking at the whole entire slew of cards in front of us, we were like, oh, wait, there's two makeshift mannequins in here. It's also bad for the deck. And then it became easier after that. Um, I argued about not playing Exsanguinate for about an hour straight, and I've learned that I'm wrong. Thank you. Terribly, terribly Thank you. wrong. Thank you for admitting. Okay, the argument that I had to use to prove, Tom, to prove the, the awesomeness that is Exsanguinate is... Um, Look at Genesis Wave. Everyone agrees, or most people agree, Genesis Wave is a fantastical, awesome card. Well, if I resolve Genesis Wave, and I don't have Concordant Crossroads because I don't have $50 to spend, um, then I'm going to have to wait till it comes back to me before I can really abuse my Genesis Wave. Yeah, I'll get some lands, whatever. If I exsanguinate for, like, say the same amount, because you generate Genesis Wave for quite a bit. Like 13. Yeah. Um, you generate, you win. Good game. Congratulations. Awesome. I'm glad you, like, exsanguinate, because... That was the best parallel that I could draw, and I think I think Andrew was the one who brought this up at Wednesday Night Magic once. Both of these were printed in recent sets. Yeah. Like, the, be the best X spells, negligibly, the best X spells in EDH are printed, like... Scars of Meridian. Yeah. I, I just Common Storm. Mm, true. Strength of Tijuru. I'm just going to stop which, there. Which proves that they're thinking about us. Thank you. Oh, okay. it, it actually is a great segue into our next section, which is Wizards actually starting to actively... Talk about the generals of the week. Actively talk about the generals of the week. All right, yes. I'm just I'm just gonna mention one thing because we're all sitting here laughing at Kevin. All right, we have we have the recording program open on one side of the screen. We have Google Docs open on the other side of the screen. In order of what we're going to cast about is written on Google Docs, and the next segment is General of the Week. Kevin has tried to talk about the fourth and final segment twice. Can I just say it's just how excited I am about it. He's he wow. is giddy. He is as giddy as a lead, like a, the head cheerleader who just got out by the quarter asked out by the quarterback. Oh, oh yeah. You just got asked out by the quarterback. Did How does that make you feel? Yeah. Unless the quarterback is Olivia Wilde, then uh, then She is kinda of manish. I think it'll work out. <laughs> oh. oh 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 I gotta the the cliche MTG radio segue. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> the general of the week this week, and by this week I mean like two weeks ago when we actually recorded episode forty for the first time, is Argus Koss. Uh, this is a red-red general for three red and a white. It's a 3-3 three, three legendary human warrior from Ravnica. I know this off the top of my head because we've talked about it three times in a row. Um, whenever he attacks, red creatures get plus two, plus zero, oh, and white creatures get plus zero, oh, plus two. Um, would you like to talk about Argus Koss? Kevin of the Galloways. We're apparently a clan, the Galloway clan. You are a Sally clan. Sally and Kevin of the Galloway clan. Plan. Thankfully, you don't want to go. Had to differentiate. You said Kevin. <laughs> okay, moving on again. That rhetorical segue. Argus cost is namely red white. Um, they put here that they they see it as like an equipment boros deck. Definitely, that's the way that we built this deck. My problem with that is Tom's built boros decks before. In fact, one of his favorite decks for quite a while was Brian the Stat Arm. However, red and white are tend to be a weaker color set in EDH. I'm nice. not saying you can't build a great red-white deck. 
I'm just saying it's very difficult to build like the aggro or equipment type deck that you really want to with artist costs. And in, in that case, I mean, he's, he, he's an interesting general. I, w- I just want to bring up one thing. Um, Christian from Avant-Card has a Boros deck. And it's actually, it's it's really interesting because it, it's a Brian deck, and it centers around Brian. Yeah, if you tuck his general, he's up a creek. But many times, like, I was playing the Turbo Land deck, and I uh, ramped out a Primeval Titan and then Sakashima'd it. And he active treasoned my Primeval Titan, and then, like, he you can, he has all of the, the grab effects and then flings your own creatures at you with um, Brian. So those kind of decks are good, but in terms of, like, I don't know, I feel like a red-white kind of clashes a color combination. They need something to set them straight, like a green or a, a, another color, even black. Um, we had an Oros deck for a while. It was pretty interesting. And green is awesome. And EDH, don't even get me started. But just alone, it's sometimes the deck kind of feels schizophrenic. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I feel like uh, red-white decks, they either want to attack way too much, or they want to turtle way too much. So you're either sitting there attacking one person, and... And then you get hit from all of their sides, or you're turtling and you do absolutely nothing, and then everybody gangs up on you because you have a huge board. And it's turtling. also when, like when you when you turtle with a um, with a red white deck, it's not like you can have counter backup or you can drop a mana reflection and go nuts. You you're just like oh yeah, lending balls. Or like yay, sunblast angel, and I think that's the best thing you can do if you're turtling. Well, I, I'm gonna say definitely the problem with the red white combination is you're big, like red's big on stuff. The reason, like, people love red is burn. And it's really been tried and tested that EDH, in, in EDH, burn is very limited in its capacity. Yeah, it's pretty much horrible. I mean, people start at 40 life. It's hard enough to keep people down from 20 life when you have four lightning bolts in the deck. Yeah, exactly. so you, you pretty much burn one person, and then you go, my deck is done burning people. I lose. <laughs> pretty much. So let's get on to what we made, though. I really did like this deck when we made it, and I did like the deck when I had it. It was very fun. The first thing I love to talk about is Sunforger. Sunforger is by far <coughs> one of my favorite cards from Ravnica. Go ahead. You know the card way better than I do, to be completely honest. Okay. I so know, I know whenever Tom plays it to kill it, but that's about all. Yeah, pretty much you should kill the card on site. So Sunforger, three colorless. It's an artifact equipment from Ravnica. It's rare. Um, it equips for three colorless. Also has an ability, though. Gives creatures plus four plus so. Has a better ability. For red and a white, you can unattach Sunforger and cast, which is going to be very important later on, a, a instant spell that is either red or white with converted mana cost four or less from your deck for free. It's kind of awesome. But does that include Entwine? It does not include Entwine. Correct. So can you pay the Entwine cost on top you of it? You can pay Kicker. Okay, I'm going to read Entwine, and I'll let you discuss the second card. All right, so anyways, I love Sunforger. Um, so basically we built a Sunforger package with this general because, you know, why the heck not? So the first card I love to talk about with Sunforger is Grab the Reins. Grab the Reins has to be one of my favorite cards to play off of Sunforger. It's for three and a red. It's an instant from Mirden, uncommon. Um, you can choose one or other. That's why Kevin That's mentioned why I was Entwine. about the Entwine. Um, basically what happens is for three and a red, you can, you, uh... After treason, another an opponent's treason, as in you gain control of a creature and untap it, it gains haste to turn, or you can sacrifice a creature and fling it at the face. Um, it says you can play a well. From what I, from what I, my opinion, at least from what I believe, and don't quote me on this if I'm wrong. Please let us know. Pretty sure you can play because you're casting it. You can play additional costs. Entwine isn't like kicker. 
and buyback, additional cost, so you'd be able to do both. Perfect. So if we're wrong, let me know. Yeah, we've we've said that before. So anyways, it's great. You can, you, text Brian. you can also just text Brian. Um, you can take a card. You can take an attacker that's attacking you with your Sunforger, or you can uh, grab an attacker if you want one. No. I love it. On top of the Sunforger combos, you're also going to talk about something that can possibly fetch up Sunforger, possibly Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah, Stoneforge Mystic is a great card um, for one in a white. It's from World Wake. I'm not going to go over it because if you don't know what it is, you deserve a hug. I don't know. I mean, like, you should know what this card is. It's in Standard. It's in Extended. It's in Legacy. It's almost in Vintage. Well, it's the creature version of Demonic Tutor for Equipment. Yes. Um, oh my god! <laughs> two mana, you get a 1-2, you search any equipment from your deck, put it straight in your hand. Now, there are a lot of good equipment you can get with this. Any of the swords, Sophie, Sword of Light and Shadow, Sword of Body and Mind. Sunforger. Sunforger itself, Greaves, and anything else you can really think of. Heck, if you really want, you could play... World Slayer, if it's not banned. No, it's not. No, it's not banned, but you wouldn't play that anyways because the card's horrible. Um, going back to the Sunforger thing, because, you know, this is the fourth time Kevin has jumped down the list of what we're talking about. You are going to be getting reprimanded after a while. Um, there are other cards. Here, guys. There are other cards me. we would like to talk about in this package. Um, we have a Lightning Removal Suite, Condemn, Lightning Helix, Swords, Path, really simple. There's another great card from Ravnica called Master Warcraft. Do you know what that does, Kev? It's Cheetos. It does not eat Cheetos. It's it's really good at Warcraft. It is great at Warcraft. You have no idea. It plays Cataclysm all day, and then it just starts magic debating. But anyways, uh, for two red white, red white, it's an instant. Uh, you have to declare. It. You have to play it during before, before attackers are declared. Uh, you choose which creatures attack this turn, and you choose which creatures block this turn. It's great to pop off a Sunforger real quick. One word of warning, which is necessary when you play this card. You do not choose who these creatures attack. So if it's multiplayer and you tell a dude, hey, you're attacking with these creatures, they can just attack someone else. Just putting it out there. Uh, that's It can fire back on you. Make sure it doesn't. Um, I think there's another one of my favorite cards that I'm going to let... Either Pat or Kev talk about. Oh, Wild Ricochet? Yeah, I think Patrick should talk about I, this. He has a I, personal experience. Personal I love story. me and my Wild Ricochet because when... What to do? The first thing that it does is that it um, takes a spell and it redirects it. So if you play you play a spell, I, I cast Wild Ricochet, I get a redirect, I get to choose new targets for your spell. Then you get an, a personal copy for yourself. So you get to play that spell that was cast again. So when you have a general out, I forget what the name of the general is. Um, red green can't be targeted. Has troll shroud. There's a red green troll shroud general. Red green white possibly. Possibly. Are we talking, you talking about, about Earl? Earl the Miststalker? Yes, this is Earl. Earl the Miststalker. So when ha somebody has Earl the Miststalker out and um, plays Path to Exile, and I wild ricochet your Path to Exile, I say screw you because you played that path. I target your Earl, because you get to target your Earl. And then I copy the path and uh, choose something else, because I, I can. That literally made me smile. Yeah, and it works, too. It makes me giddy thinking about it. Yeah, that's quite the interesting combo. And then along with that redirection spell, we have Shunt and uh, Reiterate. These are the two great cards. They're really, you can get them core sets. <laughs> Although, uh, Reiterate is from Time Spiral. Both are rares. They're really good, really fun cards. You use them to save your Sunforger, in case you're wondering. 
And there's um, also I, a shunt with entwine. The what is it called? That's uh, reiterate. Reiterate. That oh, is reiterate. That's buyback. Buyback. Whatevs. You can which pay you can, buyback. Which cost. you can pay the buyback if you um, get it off Sunforger. Yeah. So then it, it comes into your hand and it's all awesome. Oh my god, we've thought this through already. And then the last one is Return to Dust. Really simple card. Uh, Kevin just blew us out with it, so we can talk about it. Uh, Return to Dust is basically <laughs> two white white. It's either you, it's an instant, so you can't play it on another player's turn, but you generally want to play it on your own. If you play it on your turn, you get to remove from the game two, in your main during your main phase, you get to remove two artifacts or enchantments from the game. It can be an artifact and an enchantment, or two artifacts, or two enchantments, yep. whichever you want. You sound like Billy Mays. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, you're Billy like, Mays, here. Yeah, like, no. You get one artifact and one enchantment, absolutely free! <laughs> okay, if I was going for the Billy Mays, my voice would be like through the roof. Yeah, did they do an interview where they said Billy Mays yells during all of his commercials? Because oh. he did? Yeah, I feel so bad because he's dead. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to move on now. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to let Kevin skip down the list and, and talk about my favorite thing. My favorite giant from Morningside. Oh, gosh. I, can't, I cannot tell you the number of times Thomas is blowing me out with this card. It's so... Stone Hewer Giants. When you lay him down, you win. So Tosh wins. Get on his box. I will get on you. This is not the actual... Stop <laughs> going down the list. So for three white white, it's a four four giant with vigilance. It's a rare from Morning Tide. It's a giant warrior if that even matters. Um, it's not called foreshadowing, Kevin. It's not when you give it away blatantly. <laughs> exactly, that's not foreshadowing. That's throwing it in their face like pomegranates. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Literary reference. Woo, okay. Okay. So Stone Hero Giant has vigilance. He also has an ability for one and a white. You may tap Stone Hero Giant. Get an equipment from your deck into play attached to a creature you control. And it's bloody awesome. I have won many games off it, and Kevin is awkwardly doing something at me, and it's freaking me out. But um, here's a really good discussion question. Stone Hero Giant or Stone Forge Mystic, which one better? I'm going to say in, an, if you're taking, in, a in, vacuum. A, in a vacuum, saying no removal. No removal. Stone Hero Giant. Going to Sally. Which one's better, Stone Forge Mystic Stone or Stone Hero Giant? You said Stone Hero Giant way too fast. I don't know what it does anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we love Sally. How about you, Trev? See, you, I don't think you could say in a world devoid of removal. Like, I, I personally like Stoneforge Mystic because it's cheaper, and um, <clears throat> it can like it gets them into your hand, then can cheat them into play. And yeah. I know like it doesn't equip them like Stone Hero Giant does, but I, I've always kind of felt Stone Hero Giant was a bit clunky from personal experience. Hmm. Like I've played it, and it just never has worked out the way I wanted. I'm moving my hands around in all sorts of ways. <laughs> But it never worked out the way I really wanted it to, whereas turn two Stormforge Mystic, pick up the sword that has pro one or both of the colors in your deck, never lets me down. Never gives me up, never turns around or deserts me. And also, if you don't happen to draw land, you get to cheat the, the yeah, sword equipment that you got into play, which is amazing, and I don't know about Stormforge Mystic. Also, right, also said that. Also ah. really good against counterspells, just putting it out there. Um, I guess there's just a few other cards you want to talk about, stuff like Balefire Leech. Um, Which, for some odd reason, Channel Fireball is buying for $3. Uh, Balefire Leech, Tom actually... Um, played it in Mono Red in, for a while. I, he's played it in Mono Red. The <laughs> card is amazing. It's so much fun. two red-white, red-white, red-white. You can. It's the hybrid cost. Um, gives white creatures you control plus one, plus one. Gives red creatures you control plus one, plus one. So if it's a red-white creature, plus two, plus two. I hear a leech. If you play a white spell, you gain three life. If you play a red spell, you're, you can deal three damage to target opponent. Works off a Sunforger. Well, works right with Sunforger. Now, while this may not seem significant in EDH, every time you play a red-white spell, you get a lightning helix, it's good. It adds up advantage, it gives you life, 
it can deal with those small creatures, deal with those smaller threats like the Stoneforge Mystic. Great against Planeswalkers. Great against it's, it's, it's also red-white, and the, the cards that we're going to be talking about are all red-white because of Argus Cost's ability. Like, a lot of time you don't attack with your liege because you want it to stay alive, <laughs> but because of Argus Cost, this deck's going to be swinging a lot, and you can afford to swing with your Balefire liege. Yeah. And, um, which, which is kind of cool because it, it'll get plus triples too. And Argus Cost will get, like, a whole bunch of pluses because plus of his four, ability and Balefire and all that crazy nonsense. Um, Boros Guildmage, you want to take that one? Sure, well, the reason, you're going to be attacking a lot, and Boros Guildmage helps you a lot for two red-white hybrid, so red-white hybrid, red-white hybrid, CMC2. They, we need a nickname for, they should be just like, Boros Boros. Wow, that's so much better. So for Boros Boros, um, it's a 2-2 two, two human spell shape or something, whatever. For one in a white, target creature gains first strike, for one in a red, target creature gains haste. It's great with your general, because you're going to want to give that guy first strike, because people will block him. Which is the main falling out of Argus Cost, but we can talk about that right over here in case, so we don't have Kevin skip down the list a third time. No, a fifth time. But he can talk about one of the best removal spells in Red White, Durga Headbange. Okay, Durga Headbange is a two and a red, two and a Boros. Um, if you, when it comes to play, if you control planes, you can destroy target enchantment. If you control two planes, you can destroy target enchantment. If you control two mountains, you can destroy target artifact. I mean, if you have two planes, two mountains, destroy target enchantment and artifact. Which, for three mana, on a, you know, a three, a two-two, is amazing. Um, I, I know during eventide drafts, with a lot of those really crazy equipment, or not equipment, but enchantments running around. The yeah, god auras. The, the god auras. This guy was great. Oh yeah, loved him. Loved him a lot. Would have given him a hug, but he seems really creepy. No, I'm actually going to give the stick back to Tom, because I know this next card on the list is his favorite ever. Not favorite ever. It's it's, it's about third behind Jarethlene and Titan and Genesis Wave. And then there's Figure of Destiny, which was the original leveler at instant speed. Guy is amazing. For a Boros, you get a 1-1. For a Boros, he becomes <laughs> a 2-2 Spirit Warrior. For three Boros, which is Boros, 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 he becomes a 4-4 Spirit Warrior something. And then for Boros, Boros, Boros... Boros, Boros, Boros. He becomes an eight. Five Boros, people. Five Boros. No, that's six Boros. Six Six Boros. Boros. My apologies, I can't math. Okay, he can't math. Sadly, can't math. He becomes an eight-eight flyer, who destroys. He He is a little first strike flyer. First strike flyer. Eight-eight first strike flyer, which is relevant because he wrecks face. Because he wrecks face. Thank you. He wrecks so much face. He wrecks fairy face. And to be perfectly honest, even in ADH, getting that much mana is not going to be difficult. And in the early stages of the game, people are, n- are going to underestimate figure. They're going to see it and be like, really? Why are you playing this? Yeah, why do we care? And then it's suddenly 8-8 to the face <laughs> with first strike. That's relevant. Very relevant. All right, guys. I'm looking through the list here, and I don't see a, a Johnny Vengeance. And I'm wondering I'm wondering why a Johnny Vengeance on here. I, we were talking about... Like, Lightning Helix before? Oh okay, folks, Sally just, like, flabbergasted all of us. He's completely and utterly right, and we're all kind of hurting ourselves Cold because shot. he was that right. Was, that was awesome, dude. Because um, <laughs> oh we were God. talking about gaining life and then and then shooting shooting people three and gaining three Lightning Helix. We were talking about Lightning Helix before, and I looked at the list, and I'm like, a Johnny Vengeance not on here. Why are we minus one in Lightning Helix while we're swinging at Lightning oh Helix? My God. So, hey, if you were lucky enough to get the Johnny Vengeance at the pre-release... Which I know some of us here Woo-hoo! were. Sally is raising Woo! his hand. Kevin is raising his hand. I don't have to. He did. He I... doesn't have to. <laughs> have to do. Um, a Johnny Vengeance. Great card from. Oh God, I don't remember. Morning oh, time. Conflux. 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 Oh, yeah. 
Alara? Alara, Alara. In that block. Alara block. Alara. No, shards of Alara. Shards? I'm pretty sure it's shards, yeah. I'll pretend I know. We're gonna pretend. I'm gonna Google it. It's from shards of Alara block. It was played in shards of Alara block constructed. I know that. Okay, so <laughs> for two red white Ajani Vengeant, uh, type Ajani, it's a, it comes in with three loyalty counters. For plus one, uh, yeah, it was shards. It was shards of Alara. For plus one, target permanent does not untap during its, during this player's next untap step. For minus two, not minus one, because it's minus one to be broken. Oh yeah. For minus two, you get the lightning helix something. And of course, for minus seven, you get Armageddon. Yeah, that's kind of mean, and it seems like something Kevin would do. But it's we awesome. still like Kevin, but not really, but we do. Kevin doesn't bother with that, he just death cloud for like eight. Yeah, I know. Who cares about Johnny Vengeance? We death cloud for eight. Anyway, um, but yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was a good call. Who needs Emrakul? Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. Who needs Emrakul? We death cloud for 15. That's why I'm here, to call stuff. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, um, the other, like, just, just off the top of my head... Koth can be in this deck. Definitely. A Johnny regular, or like a Johnny regular, uh, pure, I don't know. Um, a gold mange is Patrick. He's gold, gold mange. Chandra Blaze. There's a G in there somewhere. Right with the, all the sun, the sun forger interactions. Yeah. Chandra Blaze, regular Chandra. And I, I especially want to mention Koth. A, because he's fantastic. And B, because Argus, Koth, and Koth, I want you to have like, them both in play and say them five times fast. Like together. Because it's, it's awesome and. I like really I like cough puns. Yeah, so. so basically the Argus cost player cast cough, and it's just kind of like blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm not. okay, and then another card I really want to mention, very quick, pretty much the last card for the deck is Spark Shot Elder. Um, when when your Argus cost attacks and your Spark Shot Elder gets plus two plus zero, and you get to pay one red red and ping something for three, you feel good inside. Oh, and it also goes great with our entire equipment package. It does, man. You know, Sunforger on your Spark Shot Elder. It's like living the dream. I mean, seriously, just saying, it, it goes so well with the equipment package, it actually looks like people who put thought into making this deck list. I know. Oh, my I swear gosh. I heard Tom say one green green. I said one red red. I really hope I didn't say one green green. I swear you said one green green. But Sally, it could stop just be me. calling me out. All right, so at the end, uh, we put this in here because I've played with Argus Koss a lot. Like, he was my original general, and I really really disliked him. I really didn't like attacking every single turn. He didn't really benefit me at all. Um, the red-white deck, as Patrick beautifully said, either wants to turtle or it wants to attack, and then Argus Cost dies. And then you're kind of like, derling around, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have equipment, and I'm being weird. And I don't really like him. I like Brian a lot better. Uh, Stout Arm, I think he goes just as well in this equipment package, but I think he's also better with deck built around him. I also believe red-white needs a really nice legendary creature. Next, I mean, there's a lot of them already, but I don't know. I think you need they, something what, else to put them over the top. I feel like what they, what red white would need be like a red white four four or something like just just a, like Isamaru is a two two for white legend. Red white needs a very like like an avatar discard, a very stout card. To yeah, just like a cheap general. beater as a general because you can you can use white or red <laughs> to transition later game. But I don't know. I, I, maybe because I just I'm kind of really liking the uh, Isamaru deck right now because like playing a turn one general is vastly underrated. And and Trevor jumps on those new decks like candy. Yeah, wildfire. And I can oh, just yeah. honestly say when Tom played the Brian Stoudard deck, he namely tested against my Taneb deck. And every time he played Brian, I could generally just use my mana ramp because I had access to green. And then I played Taneb. And it was, he really, he, it was always a terrible and, and move for him, because if you ever flung something at me, I'd just get it for free. Exactly, and... Well, for three. Well, for three, he would get it. <laughs> Two black, whatever. So that's an awesome deck. We can get to it in a later cast.
Of course, of course. Of course I'm yeah. not actually um, going on Snap yet. And now for something completely and different. Now, and now, moving on, we would like to introduce the final segment. Oh, or, or to quote the avant-garde show. And now to talk about something we haven't actually, maybe we will talk about some other time, but we didn't, so we will. And actually we did, because Kevin did, like, three times. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited and, I'm about And this. we're going to totally punish him later. Alright, so what is this segment called and where did the name come this from? This segment is called The Soapbox. segment actually comes from G4TV, so-called X-Play. used to have a ses- section called Sessler Soapbox. Gotta give him credit. I used to watch that in my younger years. And it's actually kind of decent, in case you didn't know. Um, does video game reviews. There's a section called Sessler Soapbox, where he pretty much gets about a soapbox, talks about what he wants. Very interesting for about three minutes. We might go over three minutes with this one, because it's a really interesting topic. I know we all have opinions on it. Tom has already gone over three minutes just explaining the well, soapbox. What, shush. What we're going to do... Is we're gonna give Kevin the talking stick first, which is a remote control. Yeah, it, we actually have a stick. We've been passing it first. Yeah, um, we're gonna talk about like we'll let Kevin talk about it first, but we're gonna introduce it, what we're talking about, and then we'll pass it around. So, what is the soapbox topic for today? All right, folks, the soapbox topic for today. You're not an auctioneer, just talk like normal, dude. You're, yeah, you're not a boxing ring announcer. Come on. Oh, this is not. We have it is a soapbox, but this is neither a soap opera nor a boxing. Exactly. Game. This is not WWE Raw on Wednesday which nights, is, which is on Sci-Fi. Now. Okay, folks. I know. What is that, folks? When you're riding around in the back of the tram all day and you have to talk to people all day, using your normal voice gets really boring. So you tend to just change it up. I've had so many people come to me like, "You do. You really need to go on the radio." I just I like using wow. the voice. I like using wow. the voice. So anyone has some positive feedback for me, please stroke my ego. I can Disney use it right now. Disney flashbacks. No, no, he still works there. Stroke his ego. He already strokes it himself way too much. And the second <laughs> masturbation joke of the night. <laughs> All right, moving on. This is actually Wizards recently announced that they're going to be coming out with some pre-constructed um, commander decks, meaning that they're going to officially support EDH, and they're coming up with I believe <laughs> forty-one cards. Fifty-one. Fifty-one cards. Can you please bring up the post from uh, Channel Fireball? I think that describes it best. Or we can just go to the Mega Magic site. Anyways, they are they are print they are printing fifty one new cards that are both vintage and classic legal. But they're not going to be any other format. No. Um, this is specifically for EDH. It's fully supported for EDH, and the cards themselves have the flavor of EDH, which is something you really had to kind of nitpick before. You had to find those cards that really like seem cool, have those great abilities, which I think they started to do that and you know, get people used to it when they did cards like Rexiel or other mythics like Iona. Trastodon was definitely an EDH but now card. They've made this card. Just just one sec. You just said Iona and EDH in the same sentence. You deserve to be kicked in the shins. Sorry, I have a personal vendetta against Iona because I like one color EDH decks and Iona locks people out of the game a lot. Go ahead. Sorry. Your your little coaching buddy. And now we're we're going to talk about the card that's going to be replacing my Teneb General. Teneb's still going to be in the deck, of course, because he's completely awesome. Which one? The guy with the guy riding with his hands in the air that got signed by Zoltan Boris and and Gabor Zaviska? (laughs) No. (laughs) I I don't know. You just butchered that. (laughs) It's okay. No one can pronounce it anyways. Zoltan Boros and Gabor Zixai? I just like you. Well, the problem is I have this drawn-on and signed Teneb that's normal. And then I have a foil to Neb that has nothing on it. So I kind of need to, like, combine the two together, and then it would be completely awesome. <laughs> Through science and fiction. But moving on, the card I specifically want to talk about today, before I pass on the talking stick to Trevor and Patrick and Tom and Sally, when Patrick decides to be Sally, Hi, is Carador Ghost Chieftain. 
He's five mana, black, green, white. He's a three four, which while that doesn't seem that great to begin with, let's start talking about his abilities. Coward or Ghost Chieftain costs one less for each, to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. And during each of your turns, you may cast one creature card from your graveyard. This this is going to be scary in my deck. When I have the ability to play Sunblast Angel from my graveyard, when I have the ability to play Ewit, Ewit from my graveyard, when I have the ability to play Trastodon from a graveyard, Woodfall Primus from my graveyard, Shriek Maw from my graveyard, Acidic Slime, Iona from my graveyard, Acidic Slime from my graveyard, and yes, the Iona Strictly for Trevor. And the Destroy Angel, Angel of Despair <laughs> from my graveyard. So people should be playing Bajookabog. Yes, Bajookabog, a graveyard removal is going to be very, it can become very key. And the thing I love about this card is I can use his ability the same turn I play him. That's my biggest problem with Teneb, is that I have to actually attack with him. So unless I have Lightning Greaves, I'm not really going to get to use him very much. Whereas Carador, if I have a big graveyard, blue, green, black, white, play Carador, Angel. And now, before I take any more time, I'm just going to pass this talking stick off to Tom and let him talk about the other cards. So, other cards. Uh, there is one more card spoiled with Karadar, Ghost Chieftain. Um, first of all, we'll talk about the pre-constructed decks. Kind of simple. Each one is a wedge general. They're going to be wedge colors. So, a wedge color is like Karadar, Ghost Chieftain. Everybody take out a magic card and look at the black one. Go, ooh, look, it's black. Then draw a wedge. And there you go. It's kind of simple. It's two allies and an enemy. It's two allies and an enemy. And um, they're going to be wedge colors. Uh, right now, we only have the planar chaos dragons as, as our well wedge as colors, other... as well as some other ones. Like you have Dorn, and you have Dorn, and we have two different calls. But um, okay, sorry. That was that was really awesome. Both Kevin and Patrick like reached in their pockets to grab their phones, like they're going to explode. That was so cool. <laughs> My girlfriend's going through a crisis right now, so I don't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear Crisis averted. Alert, alert, crisis averted. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I'm, I'm incredibly excited about these decks, and I think I just want to bring up a few things about them. As we said, 51 new cards extended and legacy legal, also legal on <laughs> EDH Commander. Uh, they changed the name to Commander, guys. WTF. Well, jump on that topic. Patrick wanted to jump on it. Jump on it. Oh god. Stop. <laughs> so you want to talk about the name change? Yes, I want to talk about the name change from uh Elder Elder Dragon Highlander, or I, as I like to say, Elder Highlander Dragon, because that's much more fun. And um they're changing it to Commander. And um I know I know I've heard that there's been a lot of upheaval about about this change that the people are upset that the wizards are changing the name, so they're taking control and they're collapsing down. Exactly, and, it's basically been upheaval in the psychotog all the time. And I I think that that it's that's that's a little overblown because they're making they're making support for for EDH, and if I want to call it EDH. Wizards isn't gonna like come to my house. You see, Patrick is the type of player. Me down. He's not only gonna call it EDH. His creatures also enter the or uh, come into play, get oh, removed yeah. from the game. No, no, oh, and buried. Get, yeah, oh, they, get no, buried. Yeah, they get buried. They get buried. They don't get buried. They get buried. Patrick plays interrupts. Yep, and, and mana sources and takes mana burn. <laughs> oh, I mana burn myself so much. He actually <laughs> so in one bad. game he actually played Avengers Endicar with doubling season out and mana reflection just to kill himself with Gaius Cradle. That's uh-huh. how that's how badass he is. I did, I did, and you know, you, 
Oh, actually, you do know what those cards are. I, I do know what those <laughs> cards are. Because I just wow, Trevor, them. you just completely ripped that in there. Thanks, thanks. That was that was that was a jerk move. But uh, we'll pass the talking stick now to Trevor. No, okay, I, I, I gotta I, pass I, it. Before we go on, I just want to say something. Patrick is my blood, so I'm gonna say, guys, he's not a complete idiot. Please we we know he's not an idiot. We like Sally. It was yeah, just a joke. I'm just, I know. No, I'm. Guys, I really stick for the don't. Blood, though. I don't know many card names, so or what they do on the top off the top of my head, so. It's it's cool. Normally I wouldn't know. So. Normally I would have just elaborated a bit more, but it was cool. Okay. Anyway, so what? So the first question I really want to ask is, do you think they're going to be good? Do you think they're going to stack up against someone's actual EDH deck? How do you think they're going to take these decks? I know Tom and I disagree on this, so yeah. um, I'll let you go first, and then I'll disagree with you. <laughs> I like when you go first because then I can just prove all your points wrong and be awesome. That's awesome. We've had discussions like this before. Oh, like twice. I know. I'll be, so I'll be the final judge to decide who's right, and then I'll be the judge to decide who's wrong. Anyways, besides the random Galloway judges, um, <laughs> we're, okay, so I don't know if they're going to be good or not. I really don't think they're going to be the best decks in the world. I think someone who's been playing for a year or two or has been building decks, or like Kevin and I took two hours to finish one Rexial deck. I don't think they're going to be to that caliber. I think they're not going to be great, and I don't really support someone just buying one and entering a game. I don't think they're going to do that well. I don't think they're going to hold up to other decks in the format, and I'm going to pass it to Trevor to be proven wrong. Okay, so um, a bunch of things. First of all, as as a player who – I build EDH decks more than, like, I breathe because I get bored <coughs> easily. And uh, I've built – like, the Azuri deck we have, we literally took the elf cards and put them in a deck. And the ally EDH deck we had, took out that, took them in a deck, and it worked. And they work. And it's EDH, EDH is a social experiment. It's not about, like, you're – I know you just brought up his Rexial deck, and I looked through his Rexial deck, and yes, Force of Will and Pact of Negation are really scary one-on-one. In a group game, I'm, I'm not that afraid, because he can only Force of Will and Counterspell one player's thing. So unless he's like holding counter back up for all of us subsequent turn, it's just not as good. And I, I've, sat, I've been the person who sat down at the table with the underwhelming-looking deck and won. I've also been the person who sat down at the table while Patrick was playing Elves, and lost to elves. Like, and I don't mean like a degenerative of that either, just like, oh, look, we're through elves together. So I really, I do think that they're going to have a chance. I Don't get me wrong, they're not going to have as good mana fixing. They're not going to have the perfect combination of cards. They could be better, but all EDH decks could be better. In terms of, like, the amount of fun someone would have, I think they, I'm glad they're going to be sitting down and playing at least. And I don't think they're just going to get wrecked, their face wrecked. I'm going to agree with Tom that they're not going to be as super competitive. Uh, however, however, I'm going to say that a lot of players I've talked to who do not play DH, their biggest thing is they're like, I don't want to look through my entire collection to build this deck. So the fact that these decks give someone a starting point, they give someone a core set of cards that they can play with, that yeah, they're not going to be the best cards, but then again, they, they don't have the two years it took me to get that Force of Will, or they, the they year it either, took me to find that Pact of Negation. They can fill out, like, they can either feel out the format with their constructed deck, uh, with, like, with the precon, or, like, take some time and um, tweak the precon as they go. Go ahead. I, yeah, I think that's it's the same thing with any precon deck. So if you're just starting the game and you get these cards, they're going to be great for you. And, yeah, you, if you sit down at a with a player who's veteran and who knows how to play the game really well, you're going to get blown up, even if you were playing the Force of Wills. So the fact that the cards are maybe like a little subpar isn't 
isn't as important as the fact that you're getting into EDH and you're getting new cards that other people might not have because there's 51 brand new cards that nobody's ever seen before. I totally agree. I'm all, all, The only thing that I was noticing is that I don't think it's going to be great. I am very happy they made these because it means that people who haven't played before can pick up a deck and join, and I think that's great. Literally, I my favorite part about EDH is building decks. I'm pretty sure it's Trevor's too. But the other, like, next best part is playing the decks. And that's I, although my favorite that's, that's Sally's favorite part. And although it takes out the part of building the decks, when someone takes a deck and they're like, oh, you know, I really don't like this Rampant Growth. I think it'd be better as Cultivate, Harrow, or Far Wanderings. You know, like, they have the cards. Or they can put in standard cards. Like, why doesn't this deck have Lotus Cobra? Oh, let's put in Lotus Cobra. And then everything goes, balls out crazy. And I'm going to say this just as as a veteran player, even as a new player, these are going to be sold to a heavy extent. Because as a veteran player, they have 51 cards that are exclusively for my format that I can't, I don't have before. So I'm probably going to buy all these decks. New players are going to buy just one. Maybe one, yeah. Maybe get a taste for it. Maybe buy a second one. Try a different color set. Exactly. So I think these are going to sell very well, and maybe that'll encourage Wizards to continue printing cards strictly for Commander. Yeah, I was going to kind of jump on the same same ship Kevin was going at. Um, I was going to say that these these um, these decks aren't just going to be for new players. It's going to be for players who have been playing for a while. They're going to see the decks first, and they might not have ever played EDH in particular, but the people who are playing, who will play standard who play casually, they're going to see these decks first because they're in the card shops all the time. They're going to be like, oh, there's a pre-con EDH deck. I have a bunch of cards. Maybe I'll compile my cards with the EDH cards, and I can build something halfway decent and try to sit down and play. And that'll encourage um, more people coming to the format who are already playing Magic. And, of course, we love those people. They're very fun. And I think I think that's a great part of the soapbox segment. Does anyone want to... Anything more? I think I think we just go around really simple. Yes to precons. Yes for me. Yes. Great yeah. thing. I I hundred percent. Sally hundred percent. So that's definitely the soapbox segment. I think it had awesome intro music too. We forgot to mention about awesome intro music was awesome, right? Oh Great. man, really awesome. Amazingly awesome intro music. Tom, you're a genius. I am a genius. I wouldn't go I'm, that far. I'm dying right now because it's so good. I, my life is complete. Thank you. So then I guess the final and last part is um. The final and the last part, as opposed to just being one or the other? It's both. Oh, okay. Dude, you, you, you forgot you have to pay in twine. Oh, got it. You have to pay in twine. It's really simple. No, no, not the final countdown. No one likes that. So I think we got to tell you how you can reach us. Right? Really simple. Uh, the Soapbox segment is basically a part where we want you to comment back to us. We love talking with our audience, and we love talking with pretty much everybody. You can you can email us at edhradio at gmail.com. You can tweet us at, 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 at mtgradio. And you can hear us every single weekend on MTG Cast. Or whenever Or whenever. It'll probably be during the week, won't it? Probably be during the week, but seriously, this is the third cast, and the other two were great, but this will be the best one. I don't know. We had really bad technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, You can also follow us on YouTube, and I know Tom and I are trying to get some Momir, uh, Momir Basic and Momir Advanced which is, you'll see. Uh, we're trying to get some of those videos up on YouTube. It might just be from Tom's perspective, but either <laughs> case, um, we're youtube.com slash Radio because some slimy curmudgeon stole MTG Radio. Those slimy curmudgeons. And Sally would like to say... Oh, yeah. Don't forget uh, that when you're posting, it's your soapbox. So 
trying to just throw that in there. Use your three minutes to talk to us. Yeah, um, we will definitely mention emails if we get them. And I think we'll just do a final round. Sally, final thought. Are you Jerry Springer? I am Jerry Springer. Sorry. I like I like Commander slash EDH. Go team! Oh my god, that was horrible. I got nothing. <laughs> he has nothing. And so, for episode 40 of MTG Radio, this has been Tom. And Sally. And Kevin. And Trevor. And thanks for tuning in.